Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my dear friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with a Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God and to stir within all of us a greater heart after God. We are in our series called the Know Your Faith series. And uh, we are, today's broadcast is actually the 90th broadcast in our series in Luke. Remember, I've told you, and and as uh, my friend Will Rodriguez, who does the editing of these broadcasts, says at the outset of every message that we are going through the Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. And of course, why not? We want to, why would we hurry through something so marvelous? That would be, that would be, that would not be a good thing to rush through uh, anything with the Word of God, with respect to the Word of God. Now, today we are in Luke chapter 11, and we're going to try to get through verses. uh, We're going to begin in verse 24 and try to finish in verse 32. Before we get into the Word of God, now let's join in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Would you join me? Father, I bless every man, woman, young person, and child that is listening to this broadcast. And would you just change and transform our lives May we encounter you, Lord Jesus, today. Would you come and visit us? Oh, Lord, would you speak to us? Lord, would you reveal yourself to us? Lord, help us to know you better than we ever have before. And Holy Spirit, only you can accomplish this, but we know that's what you want to do. That is your desire. That's what you do. You conform us into the image of our Savior. And that glorifies the Father. But now, Holy Spirit, please open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to receive from you and from your word, and let us bear great fruit as a result. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, my friends, do you understand the awesome responsibility that we have as those who have been given free will by God? Do you understand? the aus- You know, the Bible tells us that we were created in His image and according to His likeness, and that's in the moral sense. That is, that God has given us the greatest gift, and that is of free will. He will not force us to obey, obey Him, He will not force us to love him. He will not force us to read his word. He will not force us to pray. He won't force us to do anything. He moves gently. 
And yet there's always a sense of urgency to do his will. And furthermore, the Holy Spirit enables us to do the will of God, but again, he will not force us to do the will of God. And so, my friends, it is so vital for us to guard our hearts against sin, against demonic temptation, against the evil that surrounds us in this world, and that we make a decision every day of our lives to live for none but Jesus. And that's the title of this message today, None But Jesus. None but Jesus. That is the prize of life. Nothing is more important in life than to live for Jesus Christ. And we're going to see that in our passage. We left off last week, we finished verse 23, but so now we're going to go into Luke 11, verse 24, where first we're going to focus on the urgency of keeping our hearts right before God. Jesus had, had just cast out a demon from a man that was mute, couldn't speak, and he is warning those that attacked him and accused him of casting out that demon by the power of Satan and others that wanted him to perform a sign from heaven, which he had already just done in front of them. And now he warns them about the powers of darkness if they're not careful. And so he says in verse 24, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and not finding any, it says, these demons speak, I will return to my house from which I came. What's the house? It is the habitation of a human being. That's what demons seek to do. They seek to inhabit people and control them. Whereas the Holy Spirit seeks to indwell us and lead us into freedom. Demons seek to control people and dominate them. And when it comes, verse 25, it finds it swept and put in order. That is, those who have been delivered from demons. But watch this. This is fascinating. Then it goes and takes along seven other spirits more evil than itself. That tells you, my friends, that there is there is uh, differing powers of demons, even some that are more evil than others. Now, who could know that except for Jesus himself? Well, then it goes and takes along seven other spirits more evil than itself, verse 26, and they go in and live there, and the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. You see, my friends, 
we must guard our hearts against the influence, the powers of darkness. Well, what he said greatly stirred a woman that we're going to read about next in verse 27. Remember, the title of this message is None But Jesus. That comes from a one of my favorite worship songs from Darlene Check and Hillsong. And I want to say Darlene Check has probably had more influence on me than any other minister of the gospel ever. And that includes Billy Graham and Charles Stanley uh, that have had enormous influence on me. Well, in verse 27, while Jesus was saying these things, one of the women in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. <laughs> well, part of that, I think, is because every woman, every Jewish woman wanted to give birth to the Messiah. But Jesus is going to show that it's not a physical relationship to him that is important. But what is supremely important is hearing and keeping the word of God, just as he says in verse 28. But he said, on the contrary, and he's not rebuking her, but he's just emphasizing what's far more important. On the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now, when Jesus says the word of God, what he means by that is that it is his word along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. For example, if you'll turn with me to Luke, I'm sorry, to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, I'm actually going to preach on this in a church service tomorrow, Matthew 7 and verse 24, I want you to see what he means by the word of God. Matthew 7, verse 24, therefore everyone, the word in Greek is emphatic, everyone who hears these, now watch this, these words of mine and acts on them. Here is in the present tense, act is in the present tense, lifestyle, ongoing basis, may be compared <laughs> to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, we're talking about in Israel, what he's referring to is up on a cliff, out of the way, um, on, and I don't mean on the edge of the cliff, but, but on a massive area high above where flash floods take place. Verse 25, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. But what Jesus is also referring to is himself as the rock. But then in verse 26, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine, notice that, these words of mine, and does not act on them continuously. 
present tense, he will be like a foolish man. That word in the Greek is where we get the English word moron from, a stupid or foolish man morally, or in any other way. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And he's referring to areas primarily in southern Israel where flash floods, that is floods that come without warning, are commonplace. As a matter of fact, the number one cause of death among tourists in Israel is those who are hiking in these areas and drown in flash floods. Sure enough, he says, in verse 27, the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. You see, my friends, when Jesus says to this woman, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. That's what he means. How are you doing with obedience to the word of God? I'm not asking you if you are sinless. I already know the answer to that question. You're not. Neither am I. But what, what is your overall life? What does it look like? Are you consistently obeying God? Do you live a lifestyle of repentance? Do you take advantage of the gift of repentance on a daily basis? Now, you may go through a day without sin, but... Very few of us can go many days without sinning in some way. And that's why it's so important to take advantage of the gift of repentance that God offers us on a daily basis. You see, none but Jesus, because his words are the authority of our lives. Now, earlier in the passage, we read this last week, you had people that were testing him and were mocking him. And you remember that in Luke eleven fifteen was it, is it verse 15, 16, others to test him were demanding a sign from heaven. And now he's going to tell them, I'm not going to give you a sign right now. But you will have a sign from heaven, but most likely then it's going to be too late. What is that sign? Well, notice in verse 29, as the crowds were increasing, okay, so there's, there's this back and forth with the scribes and the Pharisees and accusing him of casting out demons by the power of Satan and others testing him, and that drew a crowd. And so he began to say in verse 29, this generation, that is the people of Israel at his time, is a wicked generation. Why? It seeks for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah. Wow, what does he mean by that? Why is it evil to seek for a sign? Because what people, the, the Israelites are doing at this time 
is they're saying, I refuse to believe until you impress me. It's a test of God. That's really what it is. Just like they did in the wilderness. They are demanding a test from God. Rather than simply believing in his word and believing in the one whom he sent to save them from their sins, who had already raised the dead, healed the blind, cleansed the lepers, cast out demons, and preached and taught in ways that no one else had ever taught. And yet it's still not good enough for them. That is why it was a wicked generation. Now, they must have been shocked when he said, no sign will be given to it, but the sign of Jonah. What does that mean? Well, verse 30, for just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites. Now, who were the Ninevites? They were of Assyria. They were Gentiles. Remember, God sent Jonah the prophet to preach to the Gentiles. God is concerned for all peoples. And what happened? Jonah didn't want to go. And as a result, on the way, what happened? Jonah threw himself overboard, and he was swallowed by a whale. There's been other uh, situations, even just recently. I saw on video where someone was swallowed by a whale. And fortunately, the whale spit him out soon thereafter, but others have spent more time in the belly of a whale. So he says in verse 30, for just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, what was that sign? He was dead, effectively, because he was swallowed by a whale. Who could live after that? But the whale spit him up after three days. So will the Son of Man be to this generation. It is a strong warning. What is Jesus referring to? He's referring to his own death, burial, and resurrection three days later. That will be the ultimate sign and proof and demonstration that he is who he said he was and, of course, is. And he is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. And then Jesus goes on and says in the next verse, in verse 31, the queen of the south, another Gentile, will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them. Look at that. God is the judge, but in this case, this Gentile woman who came to hear Solomon and his wisdom will condemn the men and women of Jesus' own generation because they rejected their Messiah. Look at this again, verse 31, the queen of the south will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them. Why? Because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. 
and the language is someone greater than Solomon, is here right in your midst, and he is the Messiah. So hardened were their hearts against him. Verse 32, the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater, or literally someone greater than Jonah is here. None but Jesus. That is what he's saying. You see, my friends, Jews at the time believed that they were automatically going to heaven because they were born into the covenant people of God. And they were wrong and they were deceived often. And, and they even believed that they could get into heaven by the merits of Abraham. They were deceived. The only way that Jews were saved then, or even today, is just like David and Abraham and Moses and Isaac and Jacob. By faith, they were justified by faith. Habakkuk says the just man shall live by faith. That's how David was justified before God, by faith. Abraham the same. You can read about it in Romans chapter 4, which looks back and quotes the Old Testament. And how were they saved? They were saved by faith looking to their Messiah by faith in the redemption that the Messiah would offer. Even Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer. Job was justified by faith. And here these Jewish men and women thought that they were right before God and that Jesus was not right before God. And he's warning them. And ironically, he is saying that the Gentiles, that these Jewish people despised, were justified before God and they would experience the wrath of God. You see, my point is, in fact, true. None but Jesus. None but Jesus. None but Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Has he forgiven you of your sin? Are you trusting him for eternal life? I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive him in just a moment. Now, the last warning that Jesus gives in verses 33 through 36. 
He says, no one, after lighting a lamp, puts it away in a cellar, nor under a basket, but on the lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. Verse 34, the the eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is clear, your whole body also is full of light. But when it is bad, literally evil, your body also is full of darkness. Verse 35, then watch out that the light in you is not darkness. If therefore your whole body is full of light with no dark part in it, it will be wholly illumined as when the lamp illumines you with rays. What is he saying? He is saying that his listeners are full of darkness. That's why they rejected their Messiah. That's why they accused him of being demon-possessed. That's why they demanded a sign from him. That's why they rejected him. That's why they mocked him. That's why they crucified him. Because their hearts were darkened with sin. What about you, my friend? You know, your sin put Jesus on the cross, and my sin put Jesus on the cross, and we are full of darkness unless he comes and lives his life in us. None but Jesus, only he can deliver you from your sin and from demonic powers. Will you surrender your life to him right now? If you're willing, then I want you to pray these words with me, Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I repent of my sin. I turn away from my sin. I have offended you with my sin. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sin. And I will live for you. And I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. Thank you for your mercy in forgiving of me of my sin. Thank you for giving me a brand new life. Now, Father, I pray for everyone that prayed that prayer with me, that the power of God will come upon them, that you will keep them from the evil one. Draw them to yourself every single day for the rest of their lives, forevermore. And I ask these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then, Father, I want to pray for needs throughout this listening audience. I'm asking that you would bring forth your healing power and cleanse lives from sickness and disease and calamity. My friend, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed of your affliction. I curse cancer. Bring healing to eyesight. Bring healing to damaged ankles and knees in the name of Jesus. Lord, heal backs in the name of Jesus. Lord, open ears in the name of Jesus. And Father, you are the great provider, and there are needs throughout this listening audience 
for finances and urgent things, would you provide naturally and supernaturally for those that don't have what they need and that you that you alone can provide jobs, payment for rental homes, increased favor with businesses. Father, I'm asking that you would reconcile relationships, that husbands would ask wives for forgiveness and wives would ask their husbands for forgiveness, that you would restore fathers and sons and daughters and mothers and sons and daughters, and that you would bring forth reconciliation in broken relationships through men, women, and young people that are willing to humble themselves and obey you and forgive. And would you be glorified through it all? And Lord, we thank you that you are our Lord and our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.